Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Listeriosis is normally just a mild flu-like illness with some watery diarrhea. Occasionally, it will slide into the blood and travel to the meninges to cause meningitis, especially in the elderly. Where it can get really scary is in pregnant women. Listeria monocytogenes is capable of attaching to and entering cells on the placenta and then infecting the fetal tissues. This infection is very bad for the developing baby. It can cause preterm labor, fetal loss, or miscarriage. It can also cause neonatal sepsis or meningitis. This bacteria is found in the soil, but is uniquely capable of surviving in cold, high salt environments, which means it loves to infect deli meats, hot dogs, and unpasteurized cheeses and raw vegetables. 50 to 70% of all hot dogs are contaminated with Listeria monocytogenes. Therefore, it is vital that you counsel all pregnant women to avoid deli meats, hot dogs, unpasteurized cheeses during their pregnancy. You can find the information of pasteurized versus unpasteurized cheeses on the packaging of the cheese. Listeria monocytogenes has a fascinating way of infecting cells. First, it uses internal and proteins to bind to E-cadherin on enterocytes and cells of the placenta to induce receptor-mediated endocytosis. It enters the cells inside a vesicle and uses Listeria lysin O to degrade the vesicles and go into the cytosol. Then the bacteria uses actin A to initiate a massive actin polymerization to form actin rockets and boom into the neighboring cell. It uses phospholipases to degrade the cell membranes to enter the cell. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 77-year-old male presents with a three-day history of fever and headaches. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 103 Fahrenheit, a pulse of 84, a blood pressure of 160 over 80, a respiratory rate of 32. Physical examination reveals a positive Brzezinski sign and a Glasgow coma scale of 8 with neck stiffness, arterial fibrillation, and ascites. A lumbar puncture reveals a negative Zale-Nielsen stain and a negative India ink stain. Analysis of the cerebrospinal fluid revealed an opening pressure that is high, higher white blood cell count, predominantly PMNs, a low glucose level, and a high protein level. Blood cultures are negative for any organisms and negative for HIV. What is the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, Listeria meningitis, B, tuberculosis meningitis, C, cryptococcal meningitis, or D, aseptic meningitis? First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting with a fever, headache, and a positive Brzezinski sign. These are classic symptoms of meningitis. Treatment recommends starting empiric antibiotics as vancomycin and ceftriaxone and adding ampicillin if they're elderly to cover the, for the potential of Listeria monocytogenes infection. 
and obtaining a lumbar puncture. This patient's CF CSF showed no organisms with India ink staining, which suggests that it's not a fungal organism. It is also negative for zeal Nielsen, which is the acid fast staining, which suggests that it's not a microbacterial tuberculosis infection. The high opening pressure, low glucose, high protein, and high white blood cells, predominantly PMNs, are all indicative of some type of bacterial meningitis. Choice A, the most common cause of bacterial meningitis in the elderly is streptococcus pneumoniae. The second most common is Listeria monocytogenes. Choice B, it is not a tuberculosis infection because the acid fast staining was negative. Also, the white blood cells are typically lymphocyte dominant during this infection because even though mycobacterium tuberculosis is a bacteria, it breaks all the rules. Hashtag rebel. Choice C. It is not a cryptococcal meningitis because the India ink staining would be positive for the presence of encapsulated yeast cells, and the white blood cells would be predominantly lymphocytes. This patient is also not HIV positive, which makes it much less likely. Choice D. This is not an aseptic meningitis because the CSF analysis would be normal glucose and normal to slightly high, high protein levels. Therefore, the correct answer is A, listeria meningitis. A 34-year-old female presents to the OBGYN clinic with fever, headache, and myalgias for the past 24 hours. Past medical history reveals that she is pregnant and at 11 weeks gestation with her first pregnancy. She recalled eating hot dogs and cold slaw, coleslaw, several days prior. Blood cultures were taken and grew a gram-positive bacillus with swarming motility. The patient was successfully treated with ampicillin and gentamicin. What virulence factor in the most likely causative agent is responsible for adhering to the placental cells? Is it A, listeriolysin O, B, Act A, C, internalin, D, phospholipase, or C, lipotechoic acid. First, diagnose the patient. The patient is pregnant, presenting with a mild flu-like illness and grew a gram-positive bacillus with swarming motility after eating hot dogs, a salted, cooled deli meat. This is highly suggestive of an infection with Listeria monocytogenes. Choice A, Listeria lysin O, allows the bacterium to escape vesicles into the cytosol once inside the cells. Choice B, Act A, is responsible for the formation of the actin rockets, which allow the bacterium to blast into neighboring cells. Choice C, Internalin, binds to E. cadherin on enterocytes and placental cells and triggers receptor-mediated endocytosis to allow the bacteria to enter the cell. Choice D, phospholipases, degrade the cell membranes of neighboring cells to help the bacteria enter. Choice E, lipotechoic acids, are unique in Listeria monocytogenes. They are so similar to the lipopolysaccharide and gram-negative bacteria that it really freaked out earlier scientists. Therefore, the correct answer is C, internalin. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at 
thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.